Under the Helmet. You'll do your thing, all right? Don't be nervous, okay? The show that looks at long-term player value in fantasy football. It's the moment right here. We're going to have to decide what type of team we want to be. Building Dynasties each and every week. I don't even know your name. What's your name? Chad Parsons. I'm telling you, man, you're leading the league in hydration. I got a Dynasty team reaping rewards for the next decade. Find written and premium audio content at uthdynasty.com. Playing it safe in Dynasty means you're going to lose. Stop talking about it, man. Let's get this going right now. Welcome to the Helmet. I am Chad Parsons looking at some long-term player value in fantasy football. And I want to start off. Dalvin Cook, gone from Minnesota. Happy days. But you know what? The market, I'm not sure they're reacting quite in the right way. So let's start off with Alexander Madison. Um, that I feel they, they generally fantasy, you go on Twitter, do a quick search on Alexander Madison. You're going to find some negative stuff. Oh, you know, this is going to be, we've been waiting this whole time. And uh, this is the payoff, you know, and this is not going to come through. I will say this. It's historically rare for a player to go through four years of their rookie contract here. Alexander Madison with the same team, not getting a long, extended James Conner-like opportunity. Well, sometimes you get drafted behind Dalvin Cook, one of the best running backs in the NFL at the time. Sometimes you have to wait your entire rookie contract. Sometimes, like Robert Turbin, like Kristen Michael, I'm thinking back to those Marshawn Lynch days of Seattle, sometimes a starter doesn't give you more than a little crack in the door for you to get in there for an expanded opportunity. And that was the case with Alexander Madison. He produced when he had full-fledged opportunities. They drafted Kenny Wangwu after him. And Madison was the clear uh, backup, the clear RB2 in that pecking order after that time. And the market has moved, but in my opinion, not enough. Um, I thought he, I thought Alexander Madison would be white hot seeing some startup drafts that I was participating in before the news was actually official. I know there was a lot of tea leaves that Dalvin Cook was going to leave. And then after, near, far. And so for Madison, he's moving up maybe into the running back 25 range, but somewhere between running back 25 and 30. And you can say that that's fair. I would say this, doing some research, he has one of the highest percentages of guaranteed money. Take out rookies. Uh, of, of running backs across the entire NFL for the rest of his contract. They gave him new money. They brought him back this offseason, despite having one of the deeper running back rooms when you look at one through four, one through five, at that time, previous to the NFL draft, previous to Dalvin Cook leaving. I think part of it was, hey, Alexander, we are probably going to be shopping Dalvin Cook. He's got a big salary, and you are going to have a good chance to be the captain now. Uh, for 2023. And this contract is not insignificant. It is decent money when you consider his profile, when you consider he's not someone that like a Seko and Barkley or Josh Jacobs that would just walk. If they walk into free agency, what will they get? Well, it's going to be substantially more. But Alexander Madison is one that Minnesota intrinsically, they like. They've known him for four plus years since he was 21 years old. And he has two years of contract allegiance here high guaranteed money, the dead cap makes it, he's going to be on this team. So the only real risk, in my opinion, is Alexander Madison having uh, an injury or the team signing, uh, you know, Zeke or Leonard Fournette or someone of, of, of strong pedigree, strong profile, because this current depth chart does not elicit high confidence that someone's going to come and take Madison's job. They brought him back. They've been supplementing. They've been backfilling the position. And when you say Ty Chandler, 
late day three. Kenny Wangwu, largely a special teamer. He has had a load of injuries. Yes, he has size and movement, but not really a running back profile. I'm intrigued. He's on waiver wires. I'll get to that in a minute. But uh, they also brought in Dwayne McBride. McBride is getting tons of love. More on that in a minute. The point is, though, that subset, that trio of young players don't have the pedigree. The one guy that approaches, even has squinting similar profile, is Kenny Wangwu. And he has the weakest profile of actually playing running back in college and NFL times. So with Alexander Madison, running back 27, 30, something, somewhere in that range, it's not enough. Um, I kind of mentioned, you know, in the last week or two, and we did a feature on Dynasty Think Tank talking through a few scenarios of trading. Make sure you get your money's worth. Madison is the reason we stash running backs. Madison had spot starts that we enjoyed over four years, but now you have the opportunity. James Conner in that year, Le'Veon Bell ended up holding out one game, two game, five game, the whole year where we enjoyed a starter infused into our veins. Uh, there for the entire season. And Madison will have that opportunity on a strong offense. He's a three-down player, and we've seen big upside from him anytime he's seen volume in that offense. Um, so, so you know, he's going at a point beyond, say, DeAndre Swift. He's going at a point beyond some of these. We know they're going to be backups. Zach Charbonnet, he's not taking the job of Kenneth Walker. Devin Achain is going to be more of a bit player. You know, these are players that are ahead of him. Miles Sanders has not shown ceiling in the NFL, and yet we still keep going back to the well. When, when, Miles Sanders, will we see that big-time ceiling? J.K. Dobbins. I mean, Alexander Madison's 10-plus spots below that. Does Dobbins have multiple-year confidence? Uh, is he going to stay? Is he going to stay? Uh, is he going to stay healthy? Is, is that offense going to supply receiving game usage? We haven't seen those things. Javante Williams, can he stay healthy? He's at a pivot point. Way more expensive than Alexander Madison. So again, Madison, generally been a, a pro, pro versus the market, Madison, uh, UTH community here. It's going to stay that way. It's going to stay that way despite the positive news dragging, lifting uh, the, the marketplace saying, you have to have this guy shaking him by the shoulders. You have to have this guy in the top 30 or 35. And they're like, okay, I guess. But it's like, but we're still going to have a lot of pause here. Like, we don't know. Like, they have them behind guys who have shown next to nothing in the NFL profile-wise. And Madison is it has the job. And a lot of people are worried he's maybe not even going to get to week one and have the job. All right, let's talk about Dwayne McBride. Because he's the other in bright lights player. And it, it feels like, again, what I've seen, Kenny Wongwu is the most likely to be on the waiver wire. Ty Chandler is not on the waiver wire, largely in Dynasty Leagues. Dwayne McBride is going to be going higher in drafts, rookie or startup, as you go through here. I moved him up. I'm going to talk like I'm the marketplace of Alexander Madison. I moved Dwayne McBride up. And you want to know why? Because he deserves it. Because he could potentially win the running back two job. Uh, now, uh, a couple things that I just penned uh, here uh, finishing out the weekend over at UTH, so you can find this in written form. But I'm going to give a couple notes here, a couple uh, bullet points from the article I wrote on Dwayne McBride. And the biggest points, and this is going back through the draft process, he's a very unique, a unicorn profile. And guess what? 
it's not always it's not always a positive to be a unicorn. You might be a broke down, under the bridge, dirty, uh, your horns all bent unicorn. Not the pretty white ones, <laughs> not the ones that that you see on ads or uh, what is it, Skittle Skittle commercials. So uh, with Dwayne McBride, he's one that. He, he's to such a point, you know, he, he's going to rise. Uh, the positives, I'll say a couple positives. He's a talented runner. He's a guy that you put the ball in his belly and he can produce. He did that in college. He did it after contact. He did it with some big plays. He has enough size. He has enough athleticism. There's some positives there. There you go. Look at me. Look at me. Jolly Chad. Life is good. Here's what I don't like. Running back, running back 55, 60. I mean, you're talking about he needs to win that running back two job or what are we doing here? I mean, yes, you can take a, a bet on that, but he was going maybe round four, everyone occasionally undrafted, but usually drafted in rookie drafts back in May. And so that means a roster spot that you want to find out what happens to week one. I get that. You take a shot. I think there's better shots. I drafted him zero times, but I think to assume he's better than Ty Chandler, to assume he's better than Kenny Wangwu and he's going to walk in there and win that job. That's a highly competitive three-man, three-headed committee situation trying to win that running back two job. Here's the problem. You get McBride with a 1% receiving score. And the, the projection model, it's hard to get a 1% receiving score. you got to be one of the worst of all time since 1999 at the position. And McBride is. He walked in. He's like... I'm the captain now of, uh, you know, am I, am I the new Andre Williams? And, and I looked back at guys in the PFF era uh, for yards per route run, which is something that I've added over the last year or so to the model. He is so bad that the only peers were drafted in round seven or undrafted by the NFL. So this is not a, oh, yeah, every once in a while you see a top 100 pick that was this bad in the passing game. This is going to hemorrhage him from probably getting on the field because if you can't pass pro, this is so cliche, but if you can't pass pro, if you can't stick and the team is like, oh, we might pass, we might pass a decent amount of time. Be careful. Whoa. Who knows what's going to happen here? But if you're, this almost feels like Kristen Michael, like Kristen Michael, the law doing the post-game analysis. Why didn't he get an opportunity? Boy, talented guy goes in the second round. Look at all these skills. And it just... You know, the, the the synapses, the understanding all of the things that go into being a complete back in the NFL were not there. He was not trusted. Uh, it was Robert Turbin that was trusted in passing game situations, the receiving game. And so if you're going to be a two-down guy, the most successful of all these profiles that I pulled up for Dwayne McBride on how poor he was on a per-route basis, this is not like, oh, well, you only saw six receptions in college. Like, if we want to do some A.J. Dillon um, line of analysis, that, again, efficiency is just when you're asked to do it what's happening here it combines you know yards per route run is a very good statistic because it's combining drops uh you know like the team actually having you out in a route you getting a target and then what do you do when you get the target do you catch it do you run for four yards do you run for 10 yards do you break three tackles it combines all those elements into one compact figure and he is so bad at that compact, overarching summary figure. He's historically rare. And no one has been drafted inside the top 200 of the NFL draft in this era. 
It's unbelievable. So, oh, and the biggest success, Caleb Huntley. Remember Caleb Huntley? Like, you can literally hold your breath during a Falcons game, uh, you know, watching on on Game Pass, the, the sped up um, condensed version, and you will die three times over with Caleb Huntley snaps before you see him catch a pass. He's just not going to be involved. Good enough runner. But what did they do? Oh, we like Tyler Algier. He's an actual complete back. Let's use him. Oh, let's draft B. John Robinson the following offseason. He's a complete back. He can do a lot of good things, passing game and otherwise. So that's the best case is a Caleb Huntley type usage where, oh, look at this guy. Oh, he runs a, guy, a few guys over. He's making a, a couple of big plays here and there. And it's like you tap him on the head. You're like, that's nice. But you're not being in on the two-minute drill. You're not going to be a guy that in the second half of a game when you're trailing, you catch three balls. And so so I would ask, you put a running back 55, 60 price tag, and it's like, where are we going with this? Where are we going? There are no roads. There is no spoon. What are we doing? So you have to ask yourself that question at all times. He's going in a, a value range not too far off from guys like Jalen Warren, Jerome Ford, guys that like, we have him in dark pencil right now in the running back two role. I would say in pen with Jalen Warren, and we have pencil, at least pencil with the running back two role with Jerome Ford in, sense in, uh, in Cleveland. You got to be careful. He's not too far off from Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He's not too far off from Samaj P. Ryan. He's being valued more than Leonard Fournette. Guys like Kareem Hunt, Keontae Ingram, Jeff Wilson, Sean Tucker, hugely talented, two-way producer in college. And if you want to say Sean Tucker, oh, look at that pedigree. Oh, he's never going to get a shot. Is Dwayne McBride really that much better? Be careful. Pierre Strong, round four pedigree. Guy's got a chip in a chair and a chance for a role. Malik Davis, at least you're taking a shot. All these guys, a lot of these guys that I'm mentioning are spec shots. Joshua Kelly, whose Cheerios did he pee in? Why does he get no dynasty love? I was one of the harshest guys over the last two, three years on Joshua Kelly. But him being behind Dwayne McBride, in terms of let's calculate odds of being the running back two, being relevant for us week one, being an injury away, being a play away from being hyper interesting and redraft, dynasty, keeper, whatever format you want. Joshua Kelly is an Austin Eckler injury away from being, I mean, possibly an auto start player. We have no such clarity with Dwayne McBride. And be very, very careful. Zach Moss, everyone hates him. I mean, I can keep going. There's running backs that are 15, 20, 30 positional spots behind Dwayne McBride. And why? McBride is a new name. McBride is a guy that people supported during the draft process. He tumbles in the draft. He goes to a loaded depth chart. And now people want to bump him up at the first opportunity. Even before this, people were drafting him too high, in my opinion, in rookie drafts. So the biggest point here is Alexander Madison, the market did not move enough. And Dwayne McBride is the biggest takeaway because he moved too much. And I would ask why, why did he move this much? Because you could argue he's still the fourth best running back on that depth chart. And the assumption is he's going to be too challenging for one. So you're going to burn the roster spot that actually has value. He's being traded sometimes for, you know, you go more than a year out, maybe a future second, multiple thirds, you can add him to a deal to maybe get a, a, a wide receiver that you can start of the veteran variety. Going third in McBride for maybe someone like you take a shot on Brandon Cooks. You, you, you work your way towards a Tyler Lockett. You have options here. And if you don't take them, again, I'm talking to generally an audience that does not have Trey McBride shares. 
He was not someone that was part of the buy or target action planning for rookie drafts. So it's not really a an intrinsic inclusive problem here, quote unquote problem. Like we got to get out there. You got to shop. You got to knock on doors. But the analysis is the important part that we don't uh, fall into a trap. You don't potentially buy Dwayne McBride right now. It's all about calculations. This is not saying it's impossible for him to win the running back two job. It's not saying it's impossible for him not to challenge Alexander Madison. What it's saying is this is historically unlikely. Let's look at the talent around him. Let's look at his profile to potentially be a lead back. If you don't catch passes, like the two guys, the three guys actually now, we'll see about the sample size building for Kenneth Walker, who uh, looked this way through this prism, through this this glass in year one. But the two guys that have historically out outkicked their coverage when you say, eh, not, not big time receivers, they haven't really been used that way, and yet they've been strong fantasy producers, Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry. And they are monster talents, absolute monster talents, both drafted in round two, and they're chugging along. And I would remind folks, Derrick Henry, it took him a while to get going. Dwayne McBride is not on that level. And those are the two guys, Kenneth Walker with one year, we'll see if he puts in two or three more of you know, you don't need big time receiving work. You don't necessarily have to have monster goal line work and you can get it done. You can surpass, you can beat your team's heat natural helo and you can outproduce, outkick that coverage. And for Dwayne McBride, okay, pedigree, uncheck. Um, being a physical freak and unicorn, nope, we already talked about it. He's got a busted horn and he is. Uh, you know, just not on that level as a prospect at all. And then you say, oh, is he even the running back one, two? Like, can we project, you know, with high confidence, good usage, injury away stuff this year? Oh, no. Oh, oh, oh no, you can't. So just pull out friend, Chandler from Friends. Uh, uh, no. So he checks none of the boxes. And yet he's rising. Big riser. People talking about him. Oh, I liked, I liked McBride during college. I'm ignoring the fact that, you know, you know, you, you may not catch a pass for, for three months in the NFL, even if he is the running back too. Oh, be careful. So uh, again, I went on far too long with that. But again, this is the type of analysis we need to do. We need to really think through this. You don't just shove Dwayne McBride up to running back 55. I mean, that is a meaningful point of the running back rankings i would argue where i would argue anywhere in the running in the top 70 or 80 running backs is a critical point of the running back rankings because we go deep we're rostering a bunch of them so 90 is about the highest i can go i have an argument for him to be a little lower (laughs) so he is one of the clear cells don't take the bait someone offers him to you Man, it better be for a future force spec <laughs> because, and I highly doubt they should be shopping for way more than that. Recent premium podcasts over at UTHDynasty.com sharing some of the recent releases here. We're still going through the wide receivers. I batched a bunch of recordings, recorded as I distilled the wide receiver model with expected top 24, top 12 seasons remaining. It combines, hey, how old are you? But also more about career arc and production. So that is the time and age value element that has been sculpted and scrubbed in the wide receiver evaluations. Uh, but we mixed in an, a 16-minute Alexander Madison show. You got just a little piece of what's going on here. I go to it 
more in depth, uh, 16 minutes. So good days for UTH here with Alexander Madison. Seeing the boost uh, and opportunity and projections ahead. Other shows since last week's uh, weekly show release, we've got an interrogation room. Pretty exciting. Uh, UTH subscriber, super fan Ryan and I, 60 plus minutes talking about our recent Superflex startup draft. It's a perfect time uh, to get in there and do a draft, get a data point. I'm actually involved in another startup draft at present, a rookie auction, another another rookie Devi draft. And you get a lot of content going through the, the trading, the player decisions as we go through these summer months. And we put 60 plus minutes in the books uh, with, with Ryan and myself in that fun draft. And we got another one coming. You're actually going to get well, my favorite thing is when we do a uh, we do two as a series. We do a war room talk through strategy for an upcoming startup draft, moves to make, as well as what our team design and player targets and how are we going to navigate this thing. You know, going through that. But when we get to release that, we bank that, we put it in the till, and then we wait for the draft or auction to finish, and then we record an interrogation room. So you get back to back. You can listen both in terms of what was the plan, and then what actually happened, You know, looking at all the pivots. So you're gonna get that series coming up shortly on UTH Premium. Also, how about you know three to five minute shows on guys like Jonathan Mingo, Brandon Cooks, Jalen Hyatt, Alec Pierce, Mike Williams is a key name, in my opinion, this off season, Cedric Tillman, coming out in the future. I also talk about some high floor, low ceiling quarterback profiles in the model. Look at uh, wide receivers, going to start banking them uh, and start looking at uh, yards per route run in year one uh, as something sticky going into future seasons. Wondell Robinson, uh, there's a lot coming out. And as I mentioned, that draft series is going to be something you don't want to miss at uthdynasty.com. In addition to all the rankings, trade calculator you can try out and other content. Another topic I wanted to bring up this week, and it's another co-owned league. Uh, shout out to uh, Trey. We've been interacting on uh, messages, phone calls, texts as we go through our rookie auction. A lot of fun. Um, I actually did a poll in the VIP chat for, for UTH. And most people, and I know this is commonplace in Dynasty as well as fantasy football, which is they like drafting more than auctions. I get it. Um, I definitely get the the cons to auction and the pros to draft. I would say it's definitely simpler. Uh, you don't have to stay as engaged. You literally can just wake up from your slumber and when you're on the clock, make a pick. Um, you you know ADP you know is a lot easier to find, understand, uh, distill, and execute than what, what's a player going to go for in auction. I love it because you have to kind of be in your own universe. What's a good value to you? You know, you go into a draft, uh, an auction, and it's like, well, what's the budget for the rookies? What's the budget in a, in a startup auction? And you have to cultivate, uh, but one of my strengths is cultivating the, the values. You have to have your own values. You have to have a resource you trust. Maybe UTH, maybe, I don't know. Um, but that's a feature. You know, if you sign up for three months or longer of the trade calculator as a membership, you end up getting any draft board request, auction board request you want. I've had a deluge between May and early part of June here. And what you get is a custom board sorted by ADP and you get values that are going to put you way ahead of the league. It gives you a roadmap. It gives you a plan for team building on targets and an auction. Certainly, you know, I'll provide a template, you know, with an example of, of a team build for your budget. And this, this rookie auction is one where you can carry over money. Talk about variables involved that do you spend all your money? 
Do you spend none of it? Do you spend some of it? You're going to get more money in the future. Are you saving up to buy one stud? And and I'll tell you, Trey and I, we decided, um, actually going through, you know, we had one one plan, and we ended up, uh, despite you know almost making the playoffs in year one, we had some some limitations at at running back, a little bit at wide receiver, but we were stacked at quarterback and, and tight end. Ended up with B. John Robinson. And we, we had talked about going the volume approach, but we started thinking about it. A lot of roster spots, you know, are taken. We can't, you know, with all these premiums going on elsewhere, we can't sit here and have 10 running backs on our roster. And, and so with that, how do you fix the position? Well, having a stud at the top makes life a lot easier. So we get Bijan Robinson, despite only having the third or fourth, maybe amount of money going into the auction. But we were like, well, let's make someone pay up or we're going to get them. And then what I love is that you're going through, instead of saying, well, our next pick is 210, who should we draft at 210? That's a very simplistic, and again, I get it. I'm in tons of drafts. I enjoy those too. I enjoy trading around. But in auction, you don't have to trade. In auction, it's like, well, I have $127. How am I going to spend that money? Or if it rolls over, am I going to spend that money? But I think it's a, a much more fun thought exercise on value when you sit here and you say, well, Devin Achain is going to cost $75. Would I rather spend that or would I rather spend $40 on Tajay Spears? It's not a, do you want to trade up? You can take both guys. You can take one. You can dra- you can, you can purchase neither. Um, so you have this moving, you know, yes, you know, we were looking at certain guys and it's like, oh, well, Quentin Johnson is going at, you know, 110 money. But is he closer to 108? Is he closer to 205? You know, and you start looking at what players go for as, as nominations roll out. And to me, it's just a fascinating and immersive experience and really a more customized experience. Yes, you, you lose the trading. You know, actually trading during an auction is not the same. You rarely see trades during an auction compared to the cohorts that are doing drafts. You know, someone's going to move up from 105 to 102, move back from 108 to 112. You don't see that kind of stuff. Um, and it's very much not commonplace. Yes, you can trade money for veterans. Yes, you can, you know, acquire future picks, which turn into money. You have a lot of different options, but it's usually not utilized. People are locked into, you know, do I want to uh, spend $10 on this guy or $30 on another at the same position? So I, f- I find the flexibility of just, let's, are we going to pour money into somebody? Are we going to make someone pay? Are we going to move that guy up the board, whether we get him or just push him for somebody else? You know, I, I originally was quote unquote price enforcing on B. John Robinson because I was like, I think he's going too cheap. I think he's going too cheap. And I didn't want to let someone off the hook. Ended up getting for run, getting him for 102 prices uh, within this draft because Anthony Richardson ended up going for the top amount. So all these things are interesting, interesting points where you say, well, what's the difference between B. John Robinson and Jameer Gibbs? Well, in an auction, you're going to find out as opposed to it's like, well, he goes at 101, he goes at 102 or 103. Well, what is that difference? You know, it's only a couple of spots, but we know that that's not $1. We know it's not $5. Like what's the actual difference in an auction? You get to find out with your drafting and uh, bidding peers. So I just wanted to shout that out in terms of, you know, if ever you have the opportunity to have rookie auction, I think it's something for your dynasty portfolio. I think it's something to consider. And until you've done it and said, I don't like this, I think you need to be open that you might like it. If you've never done an auction startup, it's a, it's a similar experience and it takes about the same amount of time. You know, I, I would say you have mechanisms, uh, one draft, uh, one auction that I did. I don't know if it was last summer 
or the summer before, but doing one where it was about five rounds. We picked a night. It was about three hours with nominations. And so that fast tracked our start to the auction. We're going to do it live We do it live. And it was one where everyone nominates, you know, so through five rounds and, but, but not necessarily everyone had five players, but you had uh, a budget for the entire thing, but we did five rounds worth of nominations live. So we got that feel. Uh, if you've ever done a, a live auction for a redraft or something, even if you haven't done dynasty. So we did five rounds of that. And then we did the slow portion where, you know, it resets, it might be 12 hours where someone has to not bid on a player. I'm going through auction mechanics, but basically, uh, you know, you have to have a period where, where no one resets the high bid on MFL. At least that's how it works. And all of a sudden, you know, that you will get that player. So it's a different process than drafting. You're not waiting two rounds per se. You might get five players in the next day. You might get zero in the next three days. Who knows how it works um, based on the players that are available and how the bidding goes. Um, but the five, the accelerated, we got our live draft experience one night for uh, a bit. And then we did the slow and it's, it, it carved days off of our slow auction. It might take, you know, two and a half, three weeks which you definitely have time for, spread your wings, relax on a hammock <laughs> this, these summer months and, and, and bid on your team, have more options. You know, you don't have to trade. One of my biggest pitches for auction is you don't have to try to trade with 101 or 102 if you want Mahomes or Josh Allen or whatever. And you can literally go in there and you, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll probably have enough money to easily get Mahomes and Allen. If you've always wanted to do that in a, star, in a super flex, you can do that as a team build. Now, what are you going to do the rest of the auction? You can make it work. Maybe you're going to train wreck things because of, uh, of what you're going to do with your remaining funds. You can eschew all first round, second round players and, and, and target certain guys beyond that point. Go with a, a well-balanced squad. You can go studs and duds. You don't, and you don't have to trade around the board. It literally is, do I plus one bid or do I not bid? I choose not to bid. Um, so again, that's my pitch for auction. I know it's not for everybody, but I think whether it's redraft or dynasty um, or incorporating it into a rookie draft setting, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, and it, it really is customized for your player selection experience if I were to do a commercial pitch for it. So something to consider if you're starting a new, a new league, uh, you're maybe discussing twists for future. I mean, again, I don't think this is something that... Um, you know, as long as everybody has future picks and it might be a time to discuss it at a point where there hasn't been a bunch of trading, but I think it can also work. This is something that you could incorporate into an existing league. Hey, in 2024, we're going to start doing a rookie auction, not a rookie draft. And that's something that you're not changing the dynamic. One thing I really hate about, about leagues is when they go, yeah, in, uh, in two years, we're going to change the super flex. Like what? Well, that's a massive deal from one quarterback or yeah, we're going to make it two PPR for tight end. Wasn't that slanted towards guys that have cornerstone players at the position right now? Um, so I would just say there, there's some graphic changes I'm not a fan of intrinsically changing a league, but I think going to an, uh, an annual auction instead of a draft is a relatively minor one. Like, I don't think it's that big um, of a deal because you're talking about the selection process. You're not talking about player value in a, in a like all of a sudden Titans are worth way more or running backs are worth way less or, or whatever. And you're, you're shortchanging or boosting certain teams in the league with where they stand today. So food for thought, uh, whether that's going through a new startup auction or draft this off season, something for the future 
talking a little bit about the Vikings depth chart and why it's not making a lot of sense dynasty-wise to me, especially Dwayne McBride and Alexander Madison. Want to mention some content also coming out over at UTH Patreon. I mentioned that before. You don't have any ads, but again, if you're listening to this show, you like at you like to some level <laughs> UTH content, and I would say you probably want more. I want more. Um, so content coming out. I talk about uh, this week. We have George Pickens and the perimeter and deep threat wide receiver role in the NFL. Interesting look at vertical guys, perimeter guys. And how does that look? How do they age? What's their upside like? And looking at that George Pickens type profile. Look also at high usage, high efficiency players at the wide receiver position. Going through Jordan Love and Will Levis with some potential concern through the quarterback model eyeglasses um, there this week. We've got also young tight ends not on the positive trajectory coming out this week. All premium content over at Patreon. I mentioned the VIP chat. I had someone sign up uh, this past week because, hey, got my rookie draft coming up. I want that NFL draft guide for UTH. Free copy by signing up as an all pro as well as the VIP chat access as well as all the content that I'm mentioning. You get a, a copy of the draft guide. Used to be for sale for years. Now I'm just giving it to the to folks that support UTH. They become VIPs. Uh, they support Patreon. So sign up as an all pro. Uh, last uh, last few things. Uh, every We've done two shows now, Tim and I, Tim Torch, uh, who's on the weekly show. We record an overtime segment. We've done a food rapid fire twice. Uh, it's been pretty uh, highly discussed in terms of I've, I've gotten emails and, and comments in the VIP chat of just People wildly disagree with one of us, both of us, uh, about our some of our food takes, and uh, we put we put ourselves on the clock and we try to get through a bunch of them in uh, in a segment we've done a couple times over the past month. Um, also, we did 32 positive dynasty vibes over the 32 teams uh, as we go on the clock next this coming week. Uh, as you listen to this, we're going to be doing negative thoughts, uh, one for each team with dynasty player takes, player value, uh, or just looking ahead to the 23 season. Got feature shows on Greg. Dolchich, Jelani Woods, looking at some elite tight ends that are on positive trajectories uh, from the younger variety. Also do shows like looking at some certain dynasty trades uh, in the marketplace for that action planning and for, for the player targets as well. Thank you so much for listening this week. Yet another one in the books. And there will always be NFL news. Dalvin Cook being released. Will some of these other veteran running backs sign? Uh, and we've got machinations. We are getting closer to the crackle of the campfire that is the NFL. It feels like offseason, what offseason with Dynasty? And that's true. May, hyper busy with rookie drafts. Even if you only have five teams, two or three of them were probably in May. Immersive experience. But now we've got, uh, you know, June June cuts. We've got buzz going into training camp. And pretty soon it's going to be the preseason and we are rolling. See you in 2024 when we are done with this roller coaster ride of new player value and a new chance to crown yourself as a dynasty champion. Thank you so much for listening. Check out UTHDynasty.com. Check out patreon.com slash UTH. I'm on Twitter at Chad Parsons NFL. And until next time, never settle, refuse to be average, and keep building those dynasties.